It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. As always, I'm joined by Adam Morris, and this is Locked On NBA. How are you doing, Adam? This is no joke our 10th attempt at starting this <laughs> podcast. That one line, that one sentence Anthony just gave, that was his 10th try at it. Well, part of it was that you were mouth-breathing a la Kirk Henderson, and you happened <laughs> to throw your phone, like, randomly at your computer. Easily distracted. You got to get that laser focus, that Mamba mentality, Anthony. You of all people should know. Happy birthday, Kobe. We're recording this on his birthday tomorrow or the day that you guys are all listening to this is 824 day. Hey, Adam, what's your what's your favorite Kobe memory? Do you have one? No. (laughs) Fair. Very, very fair point. Uh, All right. Today's show. Is going to be a fun one. We're going to start by today's news or this week's news. And the big bit of news to go out there is the NBA had a few rule changes. They, they tweaked how the shot clock is going to work. Uh, they, they made some major changes to the clear path rule, which I am really on board with, and then some player conduct stuff. So that'll be segment one. In segment two, we're going to try to, to, to build the team under the cap rules without getting too into the weeds on that, uh, that would beat the Warriors. And uh, we'll see how that turns out. And then, as always, the third segment is celebrating the league with our five random things that we like about it. But let's uh, let's start first with these rule changes. We'll we'll go here with the shot clock stuff on offensive rebounds. It is going to reset to 14 seconds, and it's going to be. Did you ever get clarification? Will it reset to 14, or will it be the the greater of either 14 or whatever the the clock is at. So if a team takes a shot with 20 seconds on the clock and rebounds it, does it stay at 20? As of right now, it just says 14. I'm, I'm guessing on those, it'll stay at 20. It would be way too much work for somebody to go in and reset to 14, like after after a miss early I in the clock. Know. Like I, it's just a simple button that you touch. Well, either way, this is like we're. we're <laughs> I don't think it'll it'll. Uh, We'll have to worry about that distinction too much, although my guess is it would be you know the latter. But I like this rule. I, I, it speeds up the game a little bit. I don't think that it's going to have a major impact, to be honest. I think it's going to be one of those no. rules that, that you notice only in very, very specific situations, namely end of quarter and end of games. Um, because most of the time when a player grabs an offensive rebound, the, the ensuing shot goes up pretty quick. It's very rare that a team pulls it out and, and creates a full reset. The only exception to that is a team is up you know, three points with a minute to go, runs the clock down, shoots it, grabs the board, mm-hmm. r- pulls it out, runs another 24 seconds. Now they won't, they won't be able to do that. Yeah, and, and the two-for-one stuff, the math on that is going to change slightly. I think defenses will get slightly better because now you will never have to play 48 straight seconds of defense. 
And, yeah. and and that's that's almost impossible. I can't imagine defenses were very successful in those kinds of situations. But for me, the bigger rule change that I'm the most excited about is this new clear path clear path rule, where basically you intentionally foul in a transition kind of situation. It's going to be a free throw and the ball back. And for me, like as it was previously constituted. I thought that the NBA was taking away from some of the sport's most exciting plays. And now those are now injected into the into the the game in a brand new way. And and for me what how I'm looking at it cuz the Lakers played at like the second fastest pace in the NBA last year at that that benefits them. The ones that I'm really interested to see if people if teams actually start adjusting is if you played at a slower pace last year, are you now going to focus a little bit more on transition? Because that's a good way to get a couple extra possessions and points during a game. Even when we talk about the previous one, the shot clock resetting thing, we're talking about the margins here. And we know in such a money ball driven league, and that's what the league is right now, the margins matter. Mm-hmm. But this one, the margin is actually pretty big. The the Euro foul is probably the third worst basketball strategy from an entertainment standpoint that I can think of in the last 30 years. The four corners offense mm-hmm. in college, I think, is bad. the single worst. The hack-a-shack, I think, is the second worst just for fan entertainment. And that Euro foul, you know, I don't remember it being a big thing up until maybe 10 years ago or so, and it slowly crept in, and I think it's probably a year past the point where the league needed to intervene because it really does disrupt, as you mentioned, some of the most exciting plays. And in a foul at half court where a guy just reaches out and stops a guy in transition, that's one of the most boring and disappointing letdown moments you can have in sports. Yeah, it's it's that, it's that oh, we got to, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that's too bad. That's a bummer. The other thing, too, that I'm really, you were just, while you were talking about rules, the other thing that came to mind is a charge. I'm I'm really not on board with the charge. But... The other thing here, the, the, I swear the only people that say this are either Shaquille O'Neal, who just wants to run over people, or people that don't play basketball. Anthony, are you kidding? This the, the charge? You can't take a charge? I get the the frustration. I think that I think there could be ways to tweak the rule. Maybe say you can't take a charge from help side. Like it has to be the person you were primarily defending or yeah, something like that. That's cool. But saying no charge, she, Joel Embiid would just plow through every <laughs> single defender and dunk it on their heads. <laughs> He'd average seventy. I want to see it. I want. <laughs> big men need any advantage they can get in the modern era. Yeah, big baby Davis making a comeback <laughs> in the NBA. Shaq, Shaq comes out of retirement. <laughs> uh, the final one before we fit, to, to wrap up the segment is a is a player conduct one, and I think we're going to get a few more details on this. One of the ones that I'm really looking forward to. One of the details that I'm really looking forward to here is basically as it stands right now. In any kind of altercation between a player and a player, that can be gone back and looked at again. But with this new rule, any any altercation between a player and a referee and a player and a fan now can also be looked at. And the one, the thing that I'm interested in is the other way around. Like if, if a technical is called and if you go back and, re- and review that, can we now take away – because you always see it. Like throughout the year, you do you always see it, or do you see it like five or six times, but it sticks out like a sore thumb when you see it? Well, I just don't think it should ever happen. Where a technical foul Mm. is is taken away after the fact, like that's at least one point. 
Here's the thing, Anthony. This one to me, I, and, and this is the most ambiguous one, so I think we have to kind of wait and yeah. get even more clarifications on. But I am opposed to almost any measure that makes the game more l- drawn out and more review time. Yeah, and this seems litigated. like one that, that leads a little bit more to that. And it also leads a little bit more to confusion because when you slow things down and you start – we all know – when things happen at full speed in real time, it's really hard. The, sometimes it's hard to control your body. It's hard to know what's going on. When you slow things down, sometimes an act can look a lot more vicious. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just this one to me is the most ambiguous and, and the one I'm probably a little bit nervous about. Yeah, this one does have the feel of something that, like after the fact, you say, "Wait, you went back and looked at that, but look at that shove compared to this shove yeah. from the night before, <laughs> like that kind of stuff." So yeah, I see that point. All right, we're going to take a quick second here, and when we come back, we're going to try to design the team while sticking as close to the cap as we possibly can that could beat these Warriors. It sounded good in practice. We'll see how it turns out, but I I think we'll still have some fun with this. Hang tight. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So in... Putting together the segment and pitching this segment to you, the thing that I kind of came back to a ton was it's not enough that the Warriors are insanely talented, but it's also that they fit incredibly well. There's very little meaning, you know, discernible overlap that that would actually hurt the construct of the team. And so I kind of got to thinking, all right, is there a team that we can put together while abiding or coming close to abiding the NBA's cap rules that could beat the Warriors. Uh, and I want to interject before you go further because go. as great as I think the Warriors are, I still think they're more vulnerable, maybe certainly than it sounds like you do. I think that teams like Boston, uh, Toronto, even Philadelphia. Not Toronto. I think all of those teams can present interesting matchups for them and could test them. So uh, while I still think the Warriors are the clear favorite, I don't think they're this – I'm not one of these people that thinks, oh, this next year, this, the margin for error for the Warriors is so enormous. I think I, I think they're an incredible team, but this league is an incredible league. Yeah, I and I'm also one of the people who says that the Warriors' presence makes the league better because it's now a goal that teams have to go out there and get. So right. Uh, but uh, let's let's get to this though, so that we can have as much time to to kind of talk. Let's start with the three stars. Basically, you and I went about this the same way. We built with three stars. Who are your three stars that you're that you're going to go with to beat the Warriors? I went with LeBron James. I went with Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. and I went with Anthony Davis. And the reason for that, LeBron obviously knows this Warriors team better than anybody else, and I think actually understands how to beat them better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, hasn't really had the horses, you know, to do that, but. Kawhi Leonard can and guard. And now he does. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Kawhi Leonard can guard every single player on the Warriors roster and shut them down. And that's going to be incredibly important because for, for the, the type of style and plan. Absolutely. And then Anthony Davis creates that offensive rebounding, rim gravity, just vertical uh, challenge that, uh, that obviously the Warriors struggle with. And New Orleans is one of the few teams that has actually given the Warriors trouble over the last couple of years in mm-hmm. large part because of Anthony Davis. I really like the 
Davis pick here because like he honestly if you were just creating a player <laughs> if you went to 2K and you said I want to create a modern NBA player a modern NBA big that's who you create right like that's that's kind of sort of where you go unless you maybe you go Kevin Durant because he can go out and shoot further but I like I really like Davis to beat the Warriors yeah, I think he, there's a couple other guys you could have maybe gone with here. Joel Embiid pro- provides kind of a different uh, challenge for him, but I think Anthony Davis just a little bit more seasoned and uh, and on a, on a super team, he's he basically just has to rebound and defend and, and 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 roll to the rim and he will do that as well as anybody. How how long and hard did you think about putting Nikola Jokic on this team? Well, I would just pick the entire 2018-19 Denver Nuggets, but <laughs> no. Well, you and you laugh about it here. I, I've been talking about this is kind of my corner. I'm putting it in this whole idea about centers needing to be rim protectors and, and first and foremost to beat this Warriors team. I'm just going to say I question that. The Nuggets have beaten the Warriors I think five times in the last three years, and Joel Embiid, Clint Capella, and Rudy Gobert all got played off the court in the playoffs yes. this year. The three greatest rim protecting centers in the NBA. Um, but I did not choose Nikola Jokic. He he was <laughs> not even close to being one of my three superstars. I, I think I think that center that you're talking about has to be able to create for others too. Like I think that's a more important di- uh, ability than than simply rim protecting. And Embiid will probably get there, and maybe maybe as soon as this year. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go for some of the role players that we're thinking of. And because... Did you give your stars? Did you have the exact same Yeah, three? I had the same exact stars. <laughs> <laughs> I had the okay. same exact stars. But let's get into now because we have three 35% max guys. Now, you have <laughs> we have very little else to work with here. So it's basically all rookie contracts that, that guys have to be on. So who's the first guy at the top of your list that you want on this team? I don't know that I could look at it that way um, okay. at, at, as the first guy because they're all kind of in, in, in the same boat. Okay. But I had I think Jason Tatum, if I had to pick, mm-hmm. uh, he's got the length to defend. He can knock down the shot. He's going to uh, – he would be tested a lot. I think defensively they would just try to attack him. But, you know, offensively, especially this next season, I think he's going to be polished enough that he can do everything. You want a hot take? Yeah. I'm putting Lonzo Ball on this team. Yeah, that is a hot take. I like it. I'm I'm put I'm doing it. I'm doing it. now health health willing. But I just I like the idea of a longer point guard who can do a ton of switching and also you nobody's going to even give Steph problems. But but if there is a thing that he doesn't like to deal with it's length from the point guard position. And I think Lonzo right now is the longest point guard in the league. Yeah. You know, the thing about it is, and we saw this last one is and there was a great article by Ethan Strauss with the Athletic um the the playoffs became this year not about like five guys playing in concert. It was really attacking the weakest link of each team. Mm-hmm. And I think even with a super team like that, as great as he is, I just think that the Warriors would switch him onto Kevin Durant and then attack that way. And Lonzo's really good. It's still a really good option there, but but I think Kevin Durant would probably yeah. <laughs> make his living right there at the free throw line. <laughs> that, and is then not, on the other, that is not a hot take. Kevin Durant would. And on the, would, <laughs> and on the other end weird. of the floor, I mean, look, I believe in Lonzo shooting to improve quite a bit this season, but I think until he did, I don't think the Warriors would guard him. I think that's fair, but Lonzo has also shown an ability to he's really good at, at at reading space and if he was given a ton of space he'd be pretty good at attacking that space and just forcing the the now the one thing to watch is would the warriors just let him get all the way to the basket cuz he can't finish 
that's where it gets interesting, and that's where a it gets lot of, with a lot of these young guys, especially. Well, I guess all the ones I have are playoff tested, but with, with the playoffs are just a different beast. And and as you mentioned, in the regular season, Lonzo struggled with a lot of those things when mm-hmm. teams sagged off, finishing at the rim, open shots, all that stuff. In a playoff series, it'd be even more pronounced. Yep. And again, I believe his shooting is going to improve quite a bit this year. But in a in a in a finals, I I think the Warriors would say, you know what. Win a game for them, and then we'll talk, and then we'll we'll adjust. Along these same lines, like Ben Simmons does a ton of things well, and he's on both of our lists. Do you think that same kind of issue would pop? Because it did already pop up once in the playoffs. One hundred percent. I think in the case Ben Simmons, obviously six ten, it's a, so it's a, even different and and strong. He could actually guard one through four in, in, a, in a theoretical mm-hmm. side, probably one through five with the Warriors. If you're not talking about De- Demarcus Cousins, but um, with Ben Simmons. You know, and and with uh, Lonzo, I don't think those guys would be on the court to to finish games no. for that very reason. I think that you could you could get them fifteen minutes a game, twenty minutes a game in a theoretical finals, but they just wouldn't be in the last seven minutes or so. Who's next on your list, or who who's the next guy you need to talk about here? I would have Towns. He just defensively, obviously, he's going to struggle, but just like Ben Simmons, I think fifteen minutes a game at the right moments. He's the type of guy that forces the Warriors to do the things they don't want to do. They're gonna have to try to. They're gonna have to double him in the post because he is just too big and too strong for the guys that they would have defending him. And then he could step out and shoot the three. So uh, even though he has flaws, I think you could play 10, 15 minutes with him at, even at this stage of his career. The next guy I have on here. Did you mention Jalen Brown? Because I have Jason. I- I do have Jalen Brown on my team. I haven't mentioned him yet. Yeah, I I just think for for going against the Warriors, you just need as many switchy wings as possible, and I really like the defense that that Brown offers there. And he's good enough on off. I mean, I think he's a good offensive player, but he's good enough on offense that you you have to be honest with him. So mm-hmm. for me, it's a no brainer. Again, this team we're assembling is three stars, and then everybody on rookie scale contracts. <laughs> That's the only way we could make it work. <laughs> uh, last one here that I have uh, that I'll have a little bit of fun with, unless you have another name. But Wendell Carter Jr. as like <laughs> as like the last guy on this ten man rotation. Man, how many games has he played in the NBA so far? I'm all in on Wendell Carter. And are you going to throw him out there against the Golden State Warriors? <laughs> Come I'm gonna, on, man. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Come on, man. I'm Chicago, a big Wendell, Wendell Carter. I'm a big fan, but, man, I can't do that one. I, I, here's the thing. He just has the, the, the makeup, from what I saw, of somebody who could go out there and play in these playoffs. Like, we saw it. It was very evident early on that Donovan Mitchell was like was just ready for anything that was going to be in front of him. And, and I He felt- was also significantly better in April than he was in November. And, 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 and maybe that's what, you know, you're, you're giving Wendell Carter that same learning curve, although bigs usually take a little bit longer, especially in today's NBA where they have mm-hmm. to do 100 different things. Um, so I don't see... I mean, I think that one's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> not, not a bit of a stretch. I think if Wendell Carter's, you're going to have Lonzo and Wendell Carter in your second unit. They're just going to, they're going to pick on those two guys. No, Lonzo is Lonzo has to start on this team. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love no. it. All right, we just got a lot of hate mail, so we, we did. Wrap up this we, segment. we definitely did. All right, we're going to take, <laughs> we're going to take a couple seconds here and come back and celebrate the league with 10 things between us that we really enjoy about it. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I think I did it. I think I realized what oh, what fried my computer was that Lonzo Ball take. Because <laughs> <laughs> my computer cut off completely, and it was right after I talked about Lonzo. My bad, computer. All right, so let's uh, let's ju- let's dive right into our list. Let's I'll let celebrate. You st- yeah, the let's, celebration let's of the NBA. Get everybody ready for the weekend. If you're listening to this in the evening, pop a beer. Number one for me, player highlight videos over the summer. Gosh, I God, saw what's on my list. <laughs> Do you have that one too? <laughs> it's because is it because Andre Drummond had a video out today that that everybody said he looks like James Harden? I thought okay, all right. Say, I was gonna say like so far this summer, I have seen Dwight Howard make a three pointer. I have seen Andre Drummond make a three pointer. I have seen JaVale McGee make multiple three pointers. Hell, I've even seen Ben Simmons shoot a mid range jumper. It's been incredible. <laughs> Man, the Myers Leonard working out with Drew Hanlon is my favorite one because they, he's apparently he added a step back three pointer. He'll good. never use it. No. But, but, you know, it's in the arsenal. <laughs> Dang it. That's in my, that was my number four. All right. Hey, my, our first crossover. Sweet. Yeah. My uh, my number one thing for this week is that it, the, the basketball doesn't have like unwritten rules like in baseball you aren't supposed to bunt during a no hitter or there was there that, is a, there is an unwritten rule though you're forgetting there is one what it, what is it you're up ten with like ten seconds left and the shot clock's about to wind down you don't shoot it you just hand the ball to the ref and take the team turnover oh see I've seen I've one. seen people I've seen people fire away. Like yeah, I, they get upset at him for it. Yeah, so that's I guess. because it's an unwritten rule. There's one. That's the only one I can think of. I feel like I feel like in that kind of situation, if you shoot a half court shot, you shouldn't get crap because all you're doing is hurting your field goal percentage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like baseball, there was a there was a hitter for the Braves who hit homers in like three straight games. Or yes. In in the games leading up to that, I just think that's so wrong. Yes, I agree. All right, <laughs> hot take, hot take. Don't uh, fire fastballs at people. The court design. Okay, I, this is a dumb one, but it's my number two one. I had to put a filler here, what in here. But some people, some people have been asking me if I've seen an image of the new Nuggets court because you know they always mm-hmm. up, every year they they add something different. And I realized I hadn't, and then I've been thinking about it since, and I thought, you know what. I actually am interested in the design of the court, <laughs> so I added it to my list. Are you are you on board with the idea of like giving teams the ability to to redesign the lines on the court, like the three point line? Yeah, like the three point line, no, the key. I, no, I'm okay. on board with this. Neither am I. <laughs> Denver would make their court like a half mile long, and they would just <laughs> run everybody out of the gym. Well, you know that would never happen because Stan Kroenke cares about money. So like... <laughs> Ouch. All right, my next one is I really have loved, and this is like a legitimate thing. I've it's, It should have been my number one, actually. NBA players going out of their way to support the WNBA. Yeah. It's so freaking cool. Every time – LeBron James – Maybe the greatest player of all time was live tweeting a game between the Sparks and Minnesota the other night. That was incredible. The, I, I gotta say, 
I've I've kind of gotten into it this year, and not too. that much. But you know, there's I I think that everybody talking about it, it just brings more eyeballs to it. And you know, quite quite frankly, it's August. We all want to watch a little basketball. <laughs> yeah. those, girls are, those girls are pretty damn good. Yeah, they they yes. great great. I should say. Yeah, I I've been I've because this last week I've had to be in charge of of Silver Screen and Roll, and I've had to edit a couple of recaps, and I've had to watch the games as they've been going on. I've had an absolute blast doing it. It was a lot yes. of fun. Uh, what's your next one? I love that no one ever gets called for lane violations, or I should say rarely. Yeah. I just like that that's a rule that everybody has kind of ignored and just <laughs> said you're you can't leave the you know, you can't enter the paint until the ball re- leaves the fingertips. No everybody ignores it, including the refs. <laughs> it's gone the other way from un- there's a written rule that they are just like nah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, apparently my last one now, because you took my, my shooting video thing, my highlight video thing, I have actually enjoyed, and this is where you're going to yell at me, but I have really enjoyed the Jokic and Embiid conversation this, this year. See, you enjoy this kind of crap, but I don't like, well, I, first he, of all, player rankings in general, I hate, but yeah. those two in particular are the perfect. Well, actually I think DeMarcus Cousins and Jokic, which I think happened last year, mm-hmm. it was the perfect, but Embiid and Jokic are, are almost perfect too, because they're just so different. And the things you like about them are different that it creates the perfect fodder for people to get angry online. Well, see, I don't like that it gets people angry online. I just, I don't see the reason or I don't see any reason to do that, but it kind of gets back to a point that you made very early on in this list that we've kind of been putting together is if you looked at both of those guys and the pictures that they've been taking this off season, and, <laughs> and I told you that, that this guy, Jokic, this goober <laughs> is somehow in a conversation with Joel Embiid for, you know, best young center in the NBA. I'd say, what? Like what? Huh? It is truly bizarre. Um, <laughs> Muscle Watch 2018 not coming for Jokic, unfortunately. No, probably not. No problem. Um, I like the local broadcast teams. Okay. They're so different. And, yeah. and some of them I don't like, but I like that I don't like. I like how, <laughs> I like that there's not a format you know, for every broadcast to, to follow. Some of them are very serious, objective, whatever. And then there's Tommy Heinsohn who's like yelling at the screen <laughs> during the game. I just like the variety. There's a, there's a wide variety of them. I – yeah, and I, I, I like that there's a, a stark contrast between the local dynamic and the national dynamic when your team gets on gets put yeah. on, on national games. Although yeah. I, I don't think you really know what I'm talking about there. So. <laughs> Good one. You you should have one more. You've only given four. Well, I, I did three. Have... You've only given three. You've only given three. I should? No, I have. I have. Oh, all right. I got it. Yes, you're right. I skipped number two. NBA Twitter has fun with, like, everything. It doesn't yeah. matter what's on. Like there was a there was a there was a esports thing on a couple like, like last year, and <laughs> hey, that's going to be a big deal. Yeah, it is. We're going to be locked on esports here soon. <laughs> yeah, locked on two K. Uh, but but yeah, I, just the fact that like any random thing can be on, and if enough people from NBA Twitter ha- Twitter happen to be online in that in that moment, it winds up being like a really fun moment. A podcast about a broadcast of other people playing video games is like that's some inception level <laughs> weirdness to me. <laughs> You're right. But I'm here for it. <laughs> My last one, and I have a distinct memory here, when teams are losing in the preseason at the half or at the end of the third quarter and the starters just have to like bite the bullet and not play. Yeah. It's always fun. I mean, preseason's coming up. Like <laughs> uh I remember this happened a, a couple years ago with the Warriors. 
I think it was the Warriors Nuggets first game of the preseason. The Nuggets just blowing them out, ten point lead, and you could see things are getting heated. And then the fourth quarter, they kind of had to sit on the bench with their hand on their face, kind of like, "Well, this sucks. We don't get to do that thing where we go out in the fourth and kill them with our death lineup." I like that. It's going to be really funny when that situation pops up and Laker fans are livid because LeBron can't play. Exactly. <laughs> and and people are going to question his desire to win and all that stuff. <laughs> Kobe would have played. Kobe would have played, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, because we had overlap, I didn't have another one. Uh, I could think of one. Like off the top of my head, I find it really cool that arguably the two greatest athletes in the history of basketball are playing right now between LeBron and Diana Taurasi. I think that's really cool that that's going on as we're we're here to watch it. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, that one's kind of Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.